Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey, guys. Dr. Santosh here, pediatric infectious disease doc, researcher. Wait, what's that? I, I checked under Whoa. the couch, and I believe I found a third host. Uh, the old yay! Oh hey, everyone. God. It's me, Dr. Ward. I'm back from vacation. Board certified emergency medicine physician and, and MacGyver. Uh, right. Yeah, back from vacation that you took, I don't know, eight eight years ago now, <laughs> based on the last time we recorded. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, hey, you I know guess... what? It was yeah, a nice I, vacation. Practice, I practice what I preach. Vacations yeah. are an important part of uh, one's mental and physical well-being. Until yes, it's so, not. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we we do have the show titled Travel Medicine, but it's been a while since we've done an actual, you know, travel-related yeah, episode. Yeah. We've we've gone metaphorically. We've gone on, you know, like around the world in 80 plagues, but... We haven't brought back tales literally from around the world. So we reached out to our traveling emergency medical physician and asked, what's a good story? And and Ward responded, well, I have a story. <laughs> so Ward, let's, before we get into this this week's topic, why don't you tell us about your vacation? Oh, so it's 2023. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> And I thought, hey, you know what? Um, I feel like it's time to travel internationally again. I feel I felt, you know, safer. I was fully vaccinated, um, boosted and all that. Plus I had COVID twice. Um, so <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I feel like I I haven't traveled internationally in a long time and this is the time. And just be safe. Um, why not do something naturey outdoors? Uh, what can go wrong, right? 
Oh, sure. This is instead of being crowded and stuck with a bunch of people with communicable diseases. Correct. So I Got thought it. I was playing it safe. So I, my spouse and I uh, embarked on a journey to uh, Costa Rica. I was so looking forward to it. You know, I, on the brochure, they had waterfalls, they had monkeys, they had all sorts of uh, uh, wildlife. And I went with specifically a adventure active travel group so um these are all people of you know of similar mindset we wanted to we wanted to get ourselves out there and do stuff yeah um and then guys i i I feel like we're you know my age is catching up with me and we're all getting a little older and you know your idea of adventure travel back in your 20s and 30s uh still sounds good in our heads but in our 40s it's harder to execute and and that we we were at least partially aware of that when we started our our adventure travel group many years ago saying let's go do all the things now that we would be too old to do in the future <laughs> okay so you guys were kind of you were anticipating some aches and pains if you tried to do this later not as much energy not as much recovery from you know your your standard traveler's diarrheas and flus and stuff well for example when ward and i jumped off mountains following birds in nepal to go para hawking we figured that's something we're much more able to do in our late 20s early 30s and we could leave you know wine tours in italy for an era when Oh, I don't know. Like your joints start to give out on you a little more. Uh, sure. Okay. Middle age catches up with you. You remember just like a few years ago, people were, were making fun of millennials for being young and naive, and now oh, yeah. millennials are in their forties. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> I was that millennial slash Gen Xer on a group with a group of travel uh, active travelers, and most people I would say were a little bit younger and in better shape than I was. We started out on the um, on the Caribbean coast of Costa Rica in the province of Limon, uh, where it gets a ton of rain. And we went during the rainy season, so in the rainforest, so everything was wet. Oh. And um, yeah, so we decided to go on a hike to some beautiful waterfalls. We it's a you have to you have to to get there. There's no roads. You have to use a um, you have to use your rafts and this was a part rafting tour part sightseeing tour and then we just happened to stop by some gorgeous waterfalls and guess what happens when it rains all the time on those rocks Ah, moss forms and it gets super super slippery and then we were all taken in by the gorgeous um gorgeous scenery with the, the lush lush greenery and um well i'm from southern california so I'm not used to seeing that much greenery and that much uh, lush water water scenery. Before I knew it, I took one step and I was on my back. <laughs> that moss does Ooh. not, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. A slip can happen to anyone. Yeah, yeah. So that, you know, that's not necessarily a middle-aged thing. Okay. Well, any of us can stumble, sure. There you go. I like okay. it. And then... As this was before I could react, and um, the creek bed or the the river bed are f- was full of pretty large rocks, and then I just happened to land right on my uh, lumbar spine. Not the best place or the meatiest place to break your fall Ooh. on a rock. 
So for those of us not medically literate, just a little above the buttocks, what usually a lot of us call our lower back, um, it's kind of like, you know, when I'm by the stove stirring soup um, and then I, I just kind of put my hand back there, like that's the lumbar spine, kind of a little curve. While that's I'm very stir- specific. For those soup. of you who are fans of hip hop, for those of yeah. you fans of hip hop, my neck, my back, uh, the the region of the back likely being referred to is the yeah. lumbar spine. <laughs> God, how does, how, how does that end? Well, as opposed to the cervical spine, is the neck. Uh, oh, the, the, crack, the crack, the crack would be the sacral spine. Although, as as anatomically uh, ambitious as as that song gets, I would have to say <laughs> it lacks mention of the thoracic region. Uh, oh, also, which is, this. also, yeah, it kind of misses. It's not exactly head, shoulders, knees, and toes. It's you know, it, it's aspirational, but you know, right. So it's the last <laughs> step of the Macarena on the on the. That, <laughs> there, yeah. There, yes, yeah. Abs- before yeah. you do the little, you know, the the turn, the quarter turn. Yes, it's the it's one of the worst places to land on. Although your neck, your cervical spine would be a slightly worse place to land on. Uh, or your head. And fortunately, all of us were wearing um, helmets. And again, water safety, a PSA plug, wear shoes with adequate traction Grip, when you're in situations yeah. like that. I, yeah. I wore some river rafting slippers, which apparently were not enough. And almost everyone fell. And you know, one of our actually fellow travelers landed on his hand and he broke his, the fingers. Ooh. So wait, anyway. there's, a name, there's a name for that. Oh, not not the finger one, but when you fall and you put out a hand to stop yourself, it's like a classic one we learned. Oh, food. yeah, it's uh, you break your clavicle, right? Because of that S curve, I believe. You can break so. your clavicle. You can break many things. Humpty Dumpty, like was all broke. Um, you can break your wrist. The the Cully's fracture is classically considered yeah. a foosh injury because you brace yourself that's the one. because Fall that's the sound on... you make. Yeah. That's the sound no. you make is you're slipping. You go foosh and. Uh, no, no. That's the foosh out injury. Fall onto an outstretched hand, foosh. But you also do go foosh. (laughs) So I wish I did a foosh because that would have been a more tolerable injury. I landed on my, like, right on the lumbar spine and I couldn't move. I, I could not. I found myself in a tricky situation because I was in the middle of the jungle in a remote part of Costa Rica where you could not get to. Um, to the riverbed because I, I it, you had to raft to get t- to that spot, and here I was. I was able to stand, but the pain was so excruciating, I just couldn't move from that spot. Oh no! I'm so sorry, man. That that sounds horrible. Which turns dark real quick, but does bring us into this week's topic of wilderness medicine. What do you do when you are injured and with low resource? So. Is this, you couldn't move due to pain, or you could not even make your limbs respond? How do you diagnose yourself in the moment? Which is not something that we should be doing, but, you know. We should not be doing that. (laughs) I mean, it does help that we are well-versed in diagnosis of these specific uh, situations. So my doctor brain did take over. I was like, okay, uh, head to toe, does, does my head feel okay? Okay, fine. My head feels all right. I can talk. Um, I can see. I can move on my limbs. So I was like, okay, is my neck okay? Cervical spine seems okay. Good. Head, neck checked. We're off to a 
not bad start. And then I was like, where's my pain? The searing pain was specifically in my lumbar spine, specifically around the second lumbar, vertebra, so L2, L3 areas. Um, again, Macarena last move, that, that's, that's where it was. And it's, right. it's exactly in the middle where the bone is and where the impact happened. So I was like, shoot. I fractured my spine. <laughs> I was right there, oh. and then I was like, I fractured my spine. Um, what's what can be an issue is when you fracture your spine, the bone itself, when you fracture it, it hurts like heck. And um, but what what's even more dangerous is what's inside the spine, which is your spinal cord. If you have uh, an injury to spinal your spinal cord, which is gelatinous soft nerve tissue. Um, you can end up paralyzed and you can end up incontinent and you can end up um, badly, badly disabled. Like when they say paraplegic versus um, when they name the spinal cord level, that's what they mean. They're like, oh, this person from T4 and down is paralyzed and cannot uh, use, have function of that nerve level. And then L2 at, at the lumbar spine, your control of your bowels are part of that nerve nerve uh, part of that spinal cord function i was not looking forward to that so i checked myself down there and i was like okay i i didn't lose well, confidence I, I, yeah that's that's always <laughs> that was, a good that was okay it was so we have you know the best place to actually check right the those very terminal nerve roots um, you, we have sensation in what we call the saddle area. So if you're riding a horse, the part of your inner thighs and perineum and your bottom that contact the saddle. And if that part is intact, then you know that the lowest spinal roots are intact. So you basically, you tickled your, uh, your happy area. Is what I saying. did not do that, Santosh. No, <laughs> I feel like I feel like his brain, no matter how good a physician yeah. he is, yeah. I feel like he may not have been focused on that particular physical examination <laughs> in the moment. I, okay, there was so, also uh, another traveler right and... next to me. I I didn't mm -hmm. want to do that in front of him. Um, <laughs> and then okay, also when I worked so at the trauma center, toes and feet. Is that what you did, or correct? I just moved my toes gotcha. and feet. And I was like, okay, and I. I, I touched my own kneecaps and was like, okay, there's no deficit in sensation here. Okay, so at least as of right now, I don't have any spinal cord um, damage or nerve damage, which I was very happy about. But you are still lying flat on your back in the rain, miles from civilization, accessible only by raft. Correct. Yeah, and yet I was able to. I was able to get move a little bit and. Um, sit up and actually stand up temporarily. But as soon as okay. I stood up, the pain was searing and unbearable. And I was like, oh my God, now that I'm standing oh. up, I cannot move a millimeter without screaming in pain. And of course, that's going to be because you now have gravity exacerbating that injury with the rest of your body weight compressing down at the injured area. Correct. And then okay. I was the... also worried that you could have a unstable spinal fracture, which means right now the spine is shattered in pieces, uh, but it hasn't poked or pinched off the spinal cord. But as soon as you move and you put all your body weight on it, it could move on you and pinch off a piece of the spinal cord. So that slow motion moment, if you say you drop 
a you you watch those slow motion YouTube videos and the water balloon pops and you have that moment before everything explodes outward but it's fractured that's basically what some part of your spine likely looked at but you don't know how many pieces it's fractured or which direction they're going to go or if it will hold together. Okay. So I was okay. I was scared. And in fact, you know, I was probably more scared because I do this for a living and I know what can happen if if you uh, make the wrong move or you don't get the right care. Okay, so the first thing I'm thinking about and probably what you're thinking about in terms of like field medicine is before thinking about how to get better, there's two things, I guess, pain control, number one, and two, stabilizing the spine. So, you know, this is this is what we talk about a lot in neck injuries because they're so, so dangerous is that we put that big old collar on um, and then we make sure that, you know, the neck does not move because any fracture can suddenly compress the spine if you don't, you know, if you move just the wrong way at right time, same thing here with the lumbar spine, you're okay for now, but you don't want to get a piece of bone to all of a sudden come in and compress. So you, you have to find a way to like stabilize out there in the jungle. You have to find a way to kind of cast yourself, I guess. Yeah. And I, I thought about it. I was like, well, the first thing that came to mind was like, wait a minute. What kind of predators are here in Oh, oh Costa Rica? God. I wasn't even thinking that. Oh, oh God. that's... Oh, geez. Okay. So no, what like, kind of predators are there? I, would, I, if I was definitely the slowest moving piece of meat now <laughs> oh, God. amongst our travelers. Uh, okay. Fortunately, there are jaguars, but they did not... They were not uh, prevalent in, in that part of the... The, the, the jungle and that part of the river. And they okay. I, I think I was told that they were also more nocturnal, so this was in the middle of the day. Oh, the so you've got, a, of, you've got a clock on this now. I have a clock on <laughs> this. And I think that toucans were the toucans and sloths were the most prevalent wild animals that people saw in that area. Oh like, dude, mm. a sloth will mess you up. <laughs> <laughs> They're adorable Santos. The number of sloth in- injuries that I've taken care of Josh, tell him about that sloth injury. <laughs> Sorry. It's if I get mauled to death by a sloth. <laughs> if I get mauled to death by a sloth, I think I would have died happily. <laughs> um, okay. But so I, I was thinking, okay, but you know, then, then I was like, what, what about the elements? I just I can't I can't be out here for indefinite amount of time. And then again, there's that issue of I I mean you have to get yourself, extricate yourself out of that situation. And I guess you don't think about how important it is to walk on your, uh, with your own two feet until you don't have that ability. And all of a sudden, Mother Nature, just a minute ago, that looked so gorgeous, so serene, is like, oh my God, Mother Nature is going to kill me. That bitch. Yeah. So now we've gone from what sounds like a simple mechanical fall to also having to worry about wildlife exposure uh and again we're we're still talking about this as if it's just you casually out there we haven't mentioned your spouse we haven't mentioned the rest of the expedition like were you alone when you fell who witnessed it what are the steps taken like were you able to say you know don't move me or move me in such and such a way and again it's not like or or were they carrying a cervical collar handy 
clearly I'm, this has a somewhat happy ending because here you are recording with us. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, they most yeah. certainly did not have any cervical collars. So, so my spouse went up ahead uh, to look at the waterfall. Uh, it was just me and one other person who also thought that this was a bad idea to keep going because he said, hey, you know what? I think this is too slippery and I don't want to get injured. So he, at least I had another person next to me. Uh, fortunately, this was a one-way uh, trail where you go see the waterfall and you come back out the exact same path. So I knew that they were going to come back in about 20 minutes. So when they did come back, you know, just my luck. I think, I don't know, I, I, I need to, someone was watching out for me. Just, just my luck, the river guide is well-trained in wilderness medicine. And that's what he said. He was like, actually, I'm trained in wilderness medicine. Cool. And uh, one of our fellow travelers is a firefighter for uh, a county here in California. I feel this like that's awesome. the lucky one. I'd be honestly more concerned if a field guide wasn't trained in wilderness medicine, at least for <laughs> these kinds of expeditions. Sure, that makes sense. You yeah, never yeah, yeah. know, Josh. <laughs> True. This is not something we thought about a lot when we started traveling together, Ward. Older and wiser, now I'm going to check. But, uh, but I, I, yeah. yeah, so this person was actually trained in wilderness medicine. And he said, hey, you know what? We have to stabilize your spine and not have you walk and try to put you back on the raft. We were okay. not going to put me back on the raft because uh, that was not going to work. So... Oh, Luckily, you mean the river isn't calm and gentle enough to just act as a road? It you is have, whitewater rafting. Get... Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. Great stuff for a spinal yeah. injury. <laughs> but the other thing is you have to get upriver, right, to get back to your spot? Correct. So fortunately, up the river, okay. there is a trail um, that's pretty rocky, but they can get, get a 4x4 four four down to that trail. And we just had to get me up the river through some really muddy and non-existing trails. And this is where the the coolest thing about wilderness medicine comes in is we call you the MacGyver of emergency medicine because of your many varied uses of duct tape as well as other solutions for things. So right before you tell us, you know, how you managed to to get out, let's take a quick commercial break. See, I How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Remembered it this time. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. When last we left, uh, <laughs> Dr. Ward, stranded yes. with a broken back in the middle of the jungle, miles from civilization, having to get upriver without any supplies or care, only in the company of a firefighter, fellow traveler, and an emergency wilderness medicine trained guide. So let's talk about uh, what did they do? So to safely extricate a patient with a spine injury, uh, you, you really have to have them preferably lay down. You don't necessarily have to have a stiff backboard, meaning a, um, a non-pliant backboard. The, the back is actually um, the back actually is held together by some pretty tough tissue. So you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be exactly on a in the olden days, we used to use these stiff backboards. You don't have to have that. But you do have to minimize the movements. You can't be walking, bending, and um, um, walking on your own for these injuries. Gotcha. So the we went whitewater rafting, so we went with the equipments that we had. We, we all had life vests, and we all had um, oars to, to, to uh, row the, the rafts with. Or what? So, yeah. So we fashioned together a stretcher with four oars and like five life vests, and they, the we put the oars on either side, and we strapped the life vests around the oars, and then they strapped me in the life vests. It's almost like I was in a seat belted, um, strapped in position. Oh, so I'm, this I'm is picturing, like a... I'm picturing like. <laughs> The and and you'll have to pardon me for the possibly insulting imagery. Those pig on a spits that they like carry around. <laughs> oh, um, oh yeah, with yeah, you yeah. Hanging so, with you, kind of hanging in the middle, no, like no, where the pig would be. Okay, yes, no, no, but that's not a not, good ha- description. not hanging upside down, but like on top. Correct. So they, they used. So if they only had one oar on one side, that would have been the case, and that would have been terrible for my lumbar spine yeah. because lumbar spine likes to have a natural curved, slight S shape, which okay. means when standing, um, you are not hunched over. If I were in that pig position, <laughs> to be in that pig position, uh, the lumbar spine would be in a. Um, a hunched the, over position, which would not be the great. wrong curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they put yeah. me. So they put two oars on each side, and the middle is the vest. So I had, I was actually very well supported, and my body weight, most of it was taken by my, uh, my, were my hips and my shoulders, um, placing my body weight on on these two body parts and minimizing the weight on the spine. And fortunately, you know, this was a, uh, this was a active. This was a very active group, so we were able to get volunteers <laughs> to hoist me um, up on that 
pick on a stick situation, except there were two sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So there, these were people who could bear some weight, walk a ways, and so they had some strength, endurance, etc. Um, you know, it wasn't a bunch of couch potatoes in the middle of the jungle. I right. also imagine, though, that there were rest stops. They're not just able to carry oh, sure. straight. <laughs> That's yeah, correct. As, as long as it wasn't ever like 10 feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, uphill through the jungle on yeah. an improvised stretcher, that's its oh, own sure. unique set of challenges. And this, this brings up one of the two biggest, uh, two biggest principles of wilderness medical care, um, multifunctionality versus cross-functionality. So okay. multifunctionality, although not, probably not designed like this, is equipment that can be used for more than one element of a patient's care. So, you know, in this case, ores, ores and duct tape and life vests can be turned into a stretcher or, you know, a intravenous set can double as like a cricothyroidotomy kit. Um or mul- syringes so that- are so useful. Scalpels, oh my gosh! Yeah, so they can be used for mul- one tool can be used for multiple things. Um, versus, and to be fair, you could probably make a tourniquet out of the uh, the life vest straps. You could probably make um, um, if you had a scalpel, you can make multiple. You can you know do an amputation. Well, that you need if to. <laughs> if you had, God forbid, had a neck injury, a cervical collar can be improvised with a padded hip belt from a backpack blankets Mm -hmm. and just rolled or closed uh foam padding correct which i imagine would be present uh at least one person on the expedition would have some form of those yeah the foam padding would have come from the vests and they probably put the foam padding on either side of my neck and then tape me down that way Uh, just like you can use plastic garbage bags as improvised shelter um or as gloves or or canoe airbags can be converted into splints um and heck even a suture kit can be made from just a healthy head of hair and you know a needle so yeah these are not these are not first choices but when you are in remote wilderness locations you don't always get your first second or even third choice you work with what you got and you know what it worked really well actually to be fair i was very comfortable i mean i was scared because they were hoisting me above their heads so i was six feet up in the air oh (laughs) they they had to put the they had to put the bars on their shoulders to carry you yeah, because the, there's no trail, and it's so narrow, the path is so narrow that if they try to if they tried to go any more wide, it would not be safe for them. They would have fallen off the side of the mountain. So they oh, had to God. keep okay. me yeah, they, <laughs> they had to single file walk up the mountain with me above their heads. This okay. All right. this turned into a very different adventure travel trip for everybody. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> I'm glad it's a happy story at the end. Spoiler alert! But you know, this sounds terrifying for all involved. I mean, to be fair, I it gave me a a new appreciation for medical uh, emergency medical service personnel. I mean, I actually I used to be a medic. I never had to do something like that, but sure. medics do put their lives on the line when they go out to the field. I I when I. 
um, when I worked with the fire department of New York, we went into some situations where it was urban situations, but the safety of our patient and the medics could not be guaranteed. And you really had to read the situation and say, okay, this is the best we can do. Let's extricate this person as safely, as quickly as we can. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad the gentlemen in Costa Rica were able to hoist me out of that riverbed onto a the back of a of a Isuzu SUV. Yeah, okay. I was never so happy to see an Isuzu. Sure, sure. So did you ride on the roof rack then? No, no, no. The Isuzu like luggage. Had... Oh gosh, <laughs> that would have been that. It was pouring, um, but they were able to put the, the 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 seats down into a kind of a flat bed in the back, and they then they put me in that way. Okay. So then, with a stretcher that had not gone down in the truck, just purely out of academic interest, where did everybody else ride? They did not need to put me in the stretcher. So, so again, we don't. The new thinking is you don't need to use. Um, you don't really need to use backboards. You just need to minimize the movement of the back. You don't have to use the backboard all the time. So oh, <laughs> we were able to get me into okay. the back of the Isuzu without using the stretcher. So once we got to the Isuzu, they unstrapped me and they were able to hoist me into the into the truck. Got it. But you're oh, still so laying flat. You're not sitting up correct. on the seat. The way yeah, yeah, correct. okay. So got you're it, just staring it. up at all the other passengers enjoying a lovely, awkward moment for <laughs> oh, the no, they remainder went back of the ride river. back. No, 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 oh, they oh, went okay. back to the river. Yeah, so it was they just me now. and because <laughs> they had to, they had to, they had to raft themselves back to the original destination. Otherwise, oh. the rafts were missing rowers, and you need a certain number of rowers to get back. Oh. Got it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, but that is a tale for another time and another <laughs> podcast. Mm-hmm. So I am, I am eternally grateful for what they did, and um. And then after an excruciating hour and a half of four by four rock crawling, <laughs> we made it out of the jungle into the town um, where I was able to what, go so into we, what was ER. What was the pain control? None. Was there oh, any? I, I, had oh, two ibuprofen. No. I had two ibuprofens with me, so I took two ibuprofens. So oh, that's, not, no. that's not nothing. Actually, it did help. What? Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. I'm guessing they didn't have, because they had everything that you're talking about, you know, in terms of trying to stabilize you and all that kind of a thing, but there was no ice packs or anything like that to try to, you know, symptomatically, you know, give you some help for swelling. It was basically just whatever you had in your pocket. Ice packs for spine would be pretty tough when you're in a supine position sure. um, because it would displace the the area in the spine and cause a little unnatural curve um, yeah, yeah. for every other fracture perfect but for spine it, it's generally not used uh, for gotcha. ice to reach its effects it would it would take a while and um, i was just like let's just get me to the hospital please got it, got it. Okay, okay so this is at least for so the the active half-life that we deal with in the hospital is about four hours, three to four hours on Tylenol uh, or ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like you were going through this with uh, longer than that time period. I, I was about, it was about like three to four hours. Um, it took a while for me to be seen too. I, I, you know, this was, I will say that Costa Rica had some amazing doctors and facilities, but you know, they're, 
just like us, there they, there aren't enough doctors to, to, to see every single patient within the minute they arrive. So I had to wait a little while. And um, by the time they did see me, I I was sitting next to, you know, I was sitting next to people who were pretty ill. They, the person next to me was getting a transfusion. Uh, two people, <laughs> the two patients behind me, I heard a bunch of words in Spanish, which I my Spanish is not that great, but I didn't understand COVID, and uh, and I understood operación. You know that person behind me needed to go to the oper- operating t- um, room, so I was like, oh, okay, these are pretty ill people. Okay, wow, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All so right. I was definitely not the most ill person there, and um, but they they took great care of me. They you know it did take a while to to for everything to go through, but they gave me IV pain medications. They um, they had me do the x-rays, and fortunately, the x-ray showed that uh, I did not have a, what we call, you know, an a unstable fracture, so it's not, it's not a load-bearing fracture. You know, to kind of talk to your earlier point about how this no backboard is necessary, that kind of now dates back to around 2012, although correct me if, if you're more up-to-date on this, Ward, uh, 2012... A Dr. Hoswald from New Mexico released an article on biomechanics and pathophysiology of spinal injuries that basically says uh, most of them are biomechanically stable, that the people who have unstable injuries already have spinal cord damage just as a result of the forces imparted during the injury, and pre-hospital immobilization will not affect outcomes. Yeah, so they're referring to... so in the. In the olden days, and by that I mean like the '90s and 2000s. Ah, uh, um, I just drank from the wrong grail. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I know not to insult you, uh, yeah. gen- millennial gentlemen. Yeah. But, uh, in the olden days, we used to strap people uh, onto the backboard if we thought they had a spinal injury, anywhere from the thoracic down to actually anywhere from the cervical down to lumbar spine, and we kept them on these hard backboards during transport, and when we put them in the ER, and during the workup in the ER. So it might end up being a few hours, and we notice that, you know, patients are getting pressure sores from from just being on these unforgiving, flat, hard backboards. Um, uh, so oh, the trauma surgeons this... started looking into it, and they said, you know what, is this really necessary? And the apparently... The, the expert consensus is that, no, you, when you put them in the hospital, you can put them in a soft bed. When you're in the ambulance, you can put them in a soft bed. You don't necessarily have to keep them on uh, a straight, flat backboard, unless there's a really good reason. Like, if you see that the person's pelvis is completely fra- um, fractured and you, the, the, you have, it's not even stable, the, the pelvis is loose, then you might have to consider the biomechanics of moving that person. But even then, you can use sheets and things like that to move a person without significantly moving their backboard, or their spine. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, so it doesn't have to be rigid all the time. Correct. Yeah, I'm glad we have this conversation because it's, A, very different in pediatrics because, you know, they're tiny humans. The mechanics of breaks are very, very different in non-rigid, non-calcified bones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're not going to get pressure ulcers and you can be a little bit more liberal with, uh, you know, how you splint and, and keep them there. But I, like Josh, in terms of adult Spine stabilization care was in the Stone Ages. <laughs> so 
as part of the at least 2017 spine management guide, which is what I read up on when when preparing for this, because uh, I wanted to see pictures of kind of what these sort of things would look like. The moving guidelines, for those of you who can't kind of imagine the stretcher bearers, yes. gentle, stretcher supported, bearers. gentle supported movements are safe. You avoid abrupt movement. You use small increments and avoid large unsupported movement. You avoid horizontal movement. Axial pulling and loading are fine. Um, and you firmly control the patient's weight center, head, shoulders, and hips at all times. So you move in a line, one weight center at a time, while supporting the others until, you know, and while you are getting the patient onto the litter and then moving them. Uh, Interestingly, a- the vests did a wonderful job of holding my um, shoulder and my pelvis. And on our link in the further reading section of the show notes, there is not only a list of these descriptions, but a wide variety of pictures of different kinds of stretchers. And if you do see anything that looks familiar, Ward, feel free to comment on that, because I don't think anybody took photos of you in this particular position. I, I should have demanded one, and I should have demanded someone to feed me a grape or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that would have been good. Yeah, absolutely. It, grapes in the jungle with a broken back. <laughs> uh, you, you now share something in common with Batman. <laughs> um, and like Batman, who managed to recover and continue crime fighting, what happens to you? So first off, what was it like being an emergency medicine patient being on the other side and in a foreign country, no less. Did you, were you able to appreciate differences in technique across countries or similarities, or were you a little bit more focused on, you know, your own situation, which would not be unexpected? I was the worst. I was probably the worst. They do say um, doctors and nurses can make pretty difficult patients. And, I, I was just in so much pain. I was, I was, um, I was screaming when I was in pain. I was screaming when I moved. And uh, fortunately, I, I, culturally, I just I felt like people were so kind. In fact, they they couldn't find a like supine bed for me because it was it was so crowded, and I was in so much pain that one a very ill per- looking person said, "Hey, just take my bed." Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> so- and I was like. Oh Don't gosh. mind my tuberculosis, just or my exactly. COVID. Let me just roll off here. You here, you 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 take this. Sure. Exactly. That's what I think he had. If that if that COVID person might have been him, but <laughs> you know what? I was in no position to turn down a bed, and it, wow. it was just people were okay. so kind. Um, okay. And uh, you know, the the wait times out in that jungle hospital. This we're still in the jungle province. Um, they were long, and the waiting rooms were pretty full. But I don't know. There was just a, the, the sense of community out there was was I felt a little bit stronger than what I've been seeing in my um, in on my job in, in American ERs. There just seems to be a little bit more aggressiveness, or I don't know, just hostility in our healthcare setting. That especially that got magnified after COVID because resources sure. got stretched and um, tensions ran high. So they, they fortunately didn't have that. They, well, I they guess they've also, been working with stretched resources for quite some time, which is not uncommon for an emergency room in general, regardless of country, I would think. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So they took great care of me and I, I couldn't be happier. 
So, did you end up requiring any surgery, or tell us about your recovery as, you know, where where are you, how has it been going? Um, so, I had, I fractured the transverse processes of my lumbar spine uh, in L2 and L3, so the Macarena bones. And the transverse processes are the projections off the spine itself, and it's not part of the load-bearing part on the axial load or the, the weight-bearing load, but it is where the, all the stabilizing muscles and ligaments attach to. So when, when we turn, when we stand up, that's how we stabilize our back. And when they are fractured, every time you turn, these ligaments get pulled, and it, feel, it felt like I had crunch, crunch, crunch every time I moved in my back. Ooh, and wow. it was excruciating. Okay. And the treatment for that is to temporarily stabilize it with a TLSO brace. So you wear a, um, it looks like a Ninja Turtle brace. So it looks like I'm a turtle. And oh, you, like a shell. Like a shell. Uh, well, okay. in the olden days, it was a shell. <laughs> now they just stabilize it with the straps that keep the pressure points in place. But the body of the shell is hollow. Okay. Uh, so it. I wore that for quite a few weeks you're supposed to wear it for six weeks i was stubborn i was like after week three i was like you know what i don't want to wear that anymore oh no ah there we go there's the doctor patient <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah that's that's right there is in a nutshell why we we are just trash patients we're so bad <laughs> I, I yeah. wasn't a trashy patient. To be fair, though, um, you do the, the whole purpose of that is to pain. It's to help you with pain control and for you to regain movement. Eventually, the treatment is for you to strengthen your core and get back into moving as soon okay. as possible. So, um, and also, I speaking of resource poor, our, California cannot afford to. I don't want to do, cannot afford to have their healthcare workers be out of commission for. A, you know, a long time, and I had to get back to work. Sure. Even our department was, and they needed me there. So I was like, okay, well, I can't be wearing this. Uh, how long are you going to have a broken back, Dr. Ward? <laughs> I went back to work after, I only missed a, a shift and a half. So I will say that. Oh, okay. So yeah. wait, you went back to work with this, like, in I this race? I did, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. But I told him, look, I'm not doing CPR in that brace. Yeah, And yeah, I can't yeah. lift anybody in that brace, but I right. didn't have to go back to work. I didn't have okay. to, but I chose to go back to work because uh, I didn't want to burn all my sick days. Because okay. capitalism. Capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, we've mentioned a couple times TLSO brace, so it, it does look like a turtle shell. But just for the, the listening audience at home, uh, what does that stand for? Um, thoraco, thoracic, thoraco, lumbar, spinal... Lumbar. O? What's the O? Orthotic. Thoracolumbar, the, the longest part of your spine is the thoracic and lumbar section. Cervical and sacral make up very few of the spinal bones. Um, so TL, supporting your thoracic and lumbar spine orthotic brace. Yeah. I mean, just looking through some of the products that they have online, if if it wasn't like a body brace... And and I didn't know the purpose of it. This looks like body, like body armor, like badass, futuristic. Uh, like it looks, know. it looks for those of you listening at home, knowing my audience, yeah, <laughs> like like Comic Con cosplay. Yeah, it really does. It, it, and they actually trick it out with some cool colors and stuff. But the way it straps around the body, it looks like either the type of armor that you'd put on, you know, in a futuristic, like, you know, 
I I gotta go uh, strap this on and you know hone my vibro blade and fight in the gladiatorial arena or it would be one of those like you know packs that you'd put on where you could put this thing on and then attach a bunch of like attachments like extra arms like dr octopus or something like that well it was armor and it served that purpose because when you when you lay down with a spine (laughs) with a spinal fracture um yeah even the softest, well, actually, the softest beds are the worst, in fact. Uh, sure. But oh, even, God, God. even when a mattress pushes on that fractured piece, it feels like, it feels like hell. So, oh, wow. so what, that, what that armor does, it evenly distributes that pressure into the entire spine so that not, it's not pushing on that one fractured piece. So you wore this even like everywhere. Like you take it off to shower, but then Correct. you'd wear this to sleep. Uh, you're supposed to wear it to sleep. Again, terrible patient. And I was oh, like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. So wait, are you, do you because have of... that 40 plus year old permanent limp now? <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I, uh, thank, thank goodness to, you know, modern medical care. I, yeah. uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm getting back into uh, running and I'm getting back into yoga and I have, I have almost full range of what I, could do before, except the deconditioning that happened during the um, six weeks of um, relative immobilization. The, having to sit so in the brace. Okay, yeah, your gotcha. body your body breaks down pretty quickly, and you lose strength and mobility pretty quickly when you don't do anything. Okay. Um, so, how did you start to? I'm not. I, w- I usually say when you were allowed to rehab, but you just. You took off whenever the hell you wanted to, but did you have specific rehab that you followed in terms of a program with a physical therapist or, you know, did you look online or did you use standard exercises with weights or stretching? Like what, what did you do to, um, start to get back? Again, I don't recommend this, but I'm supposed okay. to. I was, I was supposed to follow up with my physical therapist uh, uh-huh. three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> you're killing us. You're killing us here. You're killing watching, us. Oh, so I've been wait watching only I, murders in the building I, <laughs> on my couch. I I want to go start to finish the. EMT trained emergency physician with a background in extensive travel. Number one, went out into the wilderness without knowing if they had any kind of supplies or recovery in case anything happened. Um, Was kind of at the mercy of his friends and group when he was out in the jungle. Only carried a couple of Motrins with him in his survival pack and then when he got home followed none of the medical advice he was supposed to follow i followed most like, of the medical it's advice it's like you never even hosted the show with us <laughs> just i mean this was like wire to wire well, okay no 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 rebuttal time rebuttal time <laughs> that's rebuttal time no 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 okay so i did follow all the medical advice uh maybe not to okay. the t but Okay. Um, I actually did what I was supposed to do. You take off the brace when you're when you're ready. Uh, okay. It's up okay, to six it. weeks, and then and then yeah, physical therapy is much preferred. But capitalism, I got to work. I on my <laughs> downtime, I just, just didn't have any extra time, and I, I was doing. I, I'm I'm doing a lot better now, so I'm really happy about my progress. Uh, okay, and in terms so- of 
you did, stuff you did with you on the road. You did work out in order to strengthen your core. Um, you, it, it just wasn't a specific PT recommended thing, but right. There, so I, I, I know you're walks, a fitness took, person, yeah. so yeah, yeah. I took walks and things like that, and also to the point of carrying supplies when you travel. I've, I've traveled extensively uh, with Doctor J, and actually, have we traveled together, Santosh, abroad? Maybe we not did, yet. We did one road trip together, um, right. if you remember, all the way back at the end of That's medical right. school. I I will say this: it will be. We will never be able to take all the supplies for all the situations. And That's true, you, yes. The, the best thing you can do is go with people you trust and keep a good head on your shoulders and be thoughtful about um, about your choices. And that is what I think gives you the best chance of having a good outcome. I, well, I was not going to carry a turtle brace out to Costa Rica no, no, or no. You know, narcotic meds <laughs> or anything like that, you know? No, nothing like that. But you know, maybe because... maybe more than two Tylenol might have been yeah. advised. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair yeah. point. But well, I'm telling a, you, trust your things. trust the folks. Uh, go with trustworthy folks around you, and um, which I believe I believe we called the accountability buddy system. Correct. Yes, that is yeah. probably the safest system you can do. And the rest is unfortunately not up to you and me. It's up to uh, Mother Nature, God, wh- whoever you believe in. Sure, I I will say uh, one thing, and and I don't know if you maybe omitted this and you did have this, so please do forgive me. But a simple, you know, you you pick up at a department store first aid kit, um, you know, maybe. 12 inches by eight inches type of a thing that can fit uh, in a backpack. Uh, That's kind of a nice thing to have because usually that has a little, you know, over the counter painkillers in there. um, A couple of things to splint small injuries with bandages, uh, a few antiseptics in case you suffer a bad or contaminated cut. So that, that actually would have been a good thing. It it definitely wouldn't have saved your back. I did. No, Santosh, I did have that. Except oh, yeah, on the yeah. raft, you're not allowed to take. You're only allowed to take a small. You're not even allowed to take a backpack, really. You're only allowed oh, to take a very small. Weight. I Correct. see. Got it. Got so it. Okay. The, so this was nothing on this the raft. This was really the worst possible situation for a back back break. But that's life for you. Sometimes things like that happens. You yeah. can do everything right and still be at the mercy of fate. Yeah, absolutely. No, no. That's that's the. The things that were told even over and over uh, in patient care, and then I guess it translates to our own lives as well. But I thought because we were doctors, we were special. But well, Ward, first and <laughs> foremost, we are we are so so happy that you are safe and back, and that things did not take you know worse of a turn than they already did. I do have to say, for all the talk of like middle age and all this kind of a thing, um, you know, anybody could have taken a fall like this at any age. You did recover with, you know, pretty good speed, I would say, uh, it sounds like to me, from uh, from this particular fall. And, you know, mocking aside that I did earlier, <laughs> you really did follow the bulk of your recommendations to allow your bones to heal up and everything it sounds like you're back to yourself so that's you know not not so middle age after all sir and also being on the other side of being on the patient side of wilderness medicine or travel medicine stinks so i think (laughs) when we tell our when we tell our listeners hey uh stay out of you know 
use information to stay out of uh, the hospital or the ER is yes. probably that ounce of prevention is worth its weight weight in gold, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> Despite what everybody in the capitalistic world thinks, we don't want more volume in the hospital. No, no, we're good. We're we're very yes. good with the oh, amount good. of volume. I don't even know what the current volume is. I'm good with it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, we, we want to prevent uh, illness, infection, trauma, and keep you guys safe at home rather than coming into the hospital. I want to see patient numbers dropping faster than Twitter stock. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, those of us who are outpatient, we want to see you come to the clinic a little bit more often in anticipation of so you know doing things like travel medicine getting your shots ahead of time recommendations for travel and and keeping yourself safe so that you never have to you you know come around in the first place to the er urgent care hospital yeah absolutely so that's it for this week as always we love to hear your comments and questions if you'd like to support us spiritually emotionally or financially links to do that are in the show notes along with links for further reading uh, largely pictures about different <laughs> spine management things yeah Our, although that was a good website josh the wild med center yeah, yeah. I, I hope that helps people our theme yeah, music good information our theme music is composed by rachel leisure the show is produced by me with a lot of help from dr santosh and friends and until next time keep a song in your heart soap on your hands a shot in your arm more than two ibuprofen on you <laughs> Feel shamed. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> for safety. For safety. For safety, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and until next time, as always, happy and safe travels. Bye, everybody. Hey. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.